0: Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast, our mission to help you experience the life with God you've been missing, and now a message for you. Good morning, everyone. Glad you're with us today. Um, You may have been watching the news this week, and so you probably are aware that the government has introduced a new reopening plan for the province, so we thought we'd kind of give you a little update as to what that actually means for us. And... um, So it seems that they've put us into different steps. And right now it looks like um, the churches are included in step two, where we can come back at 15%. So uh, according to um, the dates that they've kind of provided, if if everything, step one starts on June 14th, and then everything goes according to plan with the 21 days, it looks like the first Sunday we would be able to come back here in the building in person is on July the 11th. So um, we're longing for that time. And as Mariah just mentioned in the prayer time, you know, it's it might have been a little bit of a letdown because maybe we thought we were going to be able to come back as soon as the stay at home order ended and that kind of thing. So uh, but we're going to keep persevering and we're going to keep moving forward. And um, I'd like us to continue to keep praying, not just the prayer that we prayed today, but keep praying about this. Keep praying for each other, reach out to each other, see how people are. There's some people, especially extroverts, who um, they they need to be with people and they're struggling right now. And so uh, reach out to people and uh, let people know you're thinking of them and um, and we'll continue praying. And also pray for those who are making decisions because I'm sure these decisions are tough for them to make. And. Uh, and I really do believe that they're doing the best that they can with uh, all the unknowns that they're still facing, even though we've been doing this for a year now. So, so let's keep praying about all of these things. A few years ago, I had a minor car accident. And, um, and I, instead of bringing it to the mechanic, I decided to bring it to, a, um, to my cousin to get fixed. So not too long after everything was fixed, um, I was driving along, and I don't know, something just seemed to be off with the car. I'm driving, and the steering—it felt like it was kind of going to one side a little bit. So, uh, if, I don't know, maybe a few weeks later, I brought it to the mechanic because I needed an oil change, and I mentioned it to them that you know I think something's going on. I think you should maybe check on something here. And they, uh, so they started asking me different questions, and of course, it all came out that I had this accident. I didn't bring it to them to get it fixed, and. I got the whole story that I should have brought it to them because they have all the machinery to put everything back the way it should. So it came um, to light that I needed a wheel alignment. You probably already figured that out. Um, so they wanted me to pay to get this wheel alignment done. Now, I wasn't that well off financially at the time, so I didn't really want to spend all that money all at once to get a wheel alignment on top of the other things I needed to get done. So. Um, I tried to put it off, but then they explained to me that the wheel alignment affects not only uh, the steering, but it might affect things like um, the angle of the tires. So that could mean that the tires might, uh, I might need new tires sooner. It might also affect the gas mileage on the car and the overall drivability of the car. So as they explained to me, I realized, okay, in the long run, I'm probably doing the right thing. So I. Um, And besides all that, I just kind of felt uncomfortable driving my car because it didn't quite feel safe. So I decided to go ahead with the wheel alignment. This week we're talking about how in God's family we live best when we align ourselves with the character of Christ. Over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about uh, this new humanity where, as followers of Christ, uh, we reside. And so two weeks ago, we talked about how we're chosen by God, we're adopted by him into his family, and uh, he's given us this inheritance that we can experience by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, we talked about how we can live as people who are different than us and how all of these things are only possible because of what Christ has done in our lives and through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Today, we're going to be talking um, Primarily in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, to chapter 5, and verse 14. And in this section, Paul talks about two different extremes. He's talking about um, the light versus the darkness. Pastor Mariah mentioned that in the welcome this morning. And then uh, sometimes he refers to it as the old life versus the new life. And so um, what we're seeing here is. Um, this is the life that we lived before we were before we came to know Christ versus the life that we now live as a child of God and so what we see today is similar to what was happening in the Roman Empire there are people who are who had decided or were deciding to follow Jesus but they seem to be stuck back where they and doing some of the things that they were doing before they came to Christ things that were part of their old nature as Paul describes it and um, You know, there were things like corruption, lack of integrity, deception. All those things were part of their culture back in that time. And Paul reminded them that this living was part of their life before Christ, and they don't have to live that way anymore. In contrast, he presents a life of following Christ and living out the love and kindness that is modeled uh, for us by Jesus. The Roman culture had pagan gods and rituals, um, there was people who were in slavery, and uh, there was just a lot of evil things, and very blatant evil things going on around them. Temple prostitutes, um, the, there was a, a trades industry where um, they were actually making shrines and idols uh, so that they could worship the, god, the goddess Artemis, and um, different magic, and, and just a lot of idolatry and different things. And so as I was thinking about that, I'm like, you know what, it might not be the exact same things that we see today, but there's a lot of that kind of thing going on. There's a lot of idolatry going on, a lot of things that we put before God, Um, demonic activity, displays of sexual immorality, materialism. Even sometimes we tend to learn and acquire knowledge to be self-sufficient without relying on God. And so... I even think you know if you try to stream something on TV it's it's hard to find something that doesn't have sexual immorality or greed or deception all over those things and sometimes those things end up becoming normal for us because we see them so often you know the people we talk to every day it's it's just a normal thing and uh, and us too we've become it's we've made it normal somehow In Ephesians 4, verse 17, Paul urges those in God's community to no longer live like the Gentiles do. And he describes the Gentiles as people whose minds are hopelessly confused, full of darkness, they wander from the light that God gives, they have no sense of shame, they live for lustful pleasures, and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Now last week we talked about two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles, and how in this new life empowered by the Spirit, they are able to live together in unity because of what Christ has done. So when we talk about the group of people who are the Gentiles, that's not what Paul is necessarily referring to when he talks about Gentiles in verse 17. So he's talking more about the way of life. It's kind of the pagan way of life, the, the old way of life that you may have had before you came to Christ. So earlier in Ephesians, um, Paul describes this type of living as though you were dead because of your disobedience. A a former friend and colleague of mine, Luce Lombardi, he's a professor at Master's College and Seminary, which is the Bible college in Peterborough, and he wrote a a commentary on the book of Ephesians. And when he wrote it, he also wrote a translation uh, from the Greek, uh, the original Greek language. So he wrote his own translation of of this book, apparently. And so uh, Ephesians two verses one to three, this is the way he translated it. You once lived like walking dead people. Everything you did betrayed your humanity. You walked by the drumbeat of this world and its lead drummer who fills the air with sounds of rebellion for his followers. We all at one time followed carnal desires, like so many others doing things that warranted the anger of a loving God. That's an interesting description. Walking dead people. And you know what? We've, we've all been walking dead people at some point before we came to know the Lord. You walk around and your, your body parts are working fine and you may be functioning fine in society, but there's something, there may be, you may be confused and, and no sense of purpose and uh, maybe your moral compass is off. And Paul says that all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. It's a recognition that we were all born in this state of emptiness and we needed rescue. But there's hope. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 tell us, but God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead it's only by God's grace that you are saved. Isn't that wonderful? To know that it's by God's grace that we've been saved. And so this word sin that's used, Paul Paul describes it as as missing the mark. And so we're dead in our sins and entrenched in the evil around us. We've fallen off course and we've missed the mark. But God loved us so much that he had a plan of rescue for us to bring bring us back to himself and the path of knowing him. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on Facebook, there was a post by a, uh, a friend of mine, and uh, I guess it was sort of a, an acquaintance from a few years ago, but this guy, they live in northern Ontario, and um, his kids were outside playing on a Sunday after, Sunday evening, and him and his wife were games inside, and it's northern Ontario, so the kids kind of in the neighborhood, they all know each other, and they go outside and play together. And um, so they're... Him and his wife are at home, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. And apparently his daughter had fallen into the river. Now, they normally tell their kids, stay away from the river. But for whatever reason, the kids decided to go near the river that day. And as his daughter was looking at the river, it was just so fascinating to her. And, and she's looking at the waves, and, oh, they look so beautiful. And I wonder what they, what they feel like. So she reached her hand down, and, and, and she tried to touch the water. Well, as she did that, she fell in. And, uh, and suddenly she, because it was a, a river, she was kind of carried downstream a little bit. And so everybody is frantic and everybody's rushing to the river and, and at that point, they can't see her in the river. And uh, so they, they go and they try and look for her and so there's different people coming at different parts of the river and, uh, and they're searching for her. So suddenly this man over here finds her and he drags her out of the water and they start doing CPR on her and, um, and suddenly she gives a little, a little cough, and you know, it wasn't much, and it seemed like she wasn't quite breathing, and so they continued doing CPR, and suddenly she gave a big cough, and, and the water came out of her lungs, and, and she was breathing on her own, and you know what, as I thought about that, that's what God does for us, just like that person gave CPR to that person and breathed life into that little, that little girl, so God comes and he breathes life into our brokenness, and he, he, uh, he helps us to get back on track. And, and you know what? It's not even something that we deserve. It's only by his grace and his unconditional love. Aren't you thankful for that today? Just say thank you, Jesus, for, for what you've done and for the way that you've rescued me. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 is a passage that's familiar to a lot of us. And um, some of us, anyways. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So this uh, rescue that Jesus offers is not a reward for being good people or for doing good things, but it's an offer that God decided ahead of time to give to us. And it's something that it doesn't depend on what we do, but it's, it's just because he loves us and he gives us this. We're going to go ahead to chapter 4 and looking at verse 20. It says that all of those things you used to do before Christ, those are not the things that you learned about Christ. It's no way to live. You know better than that. There needs to be a complete break with your old way of life. And so what Paul is urging in verses 22 to 24, he calls it putting off that old nature and putting on this new nature that we now know since we've come to Christ. So we're going to illustrate this today. So I have, uh, I have these words. And it's kind of like You put these things on, you have idolatry, you have anger, you have harsh words, there's slander, and then there's greed. You know what? These are, these are just some. Maybe you guys can even think of some more. Maybe you even want to put them in the chat. You know, rage, lust. And, and these are things that all define life before Christ. You know, the things that we may have let become part of our lives and, and, we, be, and we become, it, it just becomes heavy. And, you know, as, um, as I talked about it earlier when I was talking about my car and I was talking about how without the alignment in my car, it seemed that it was um, I didn't even feel comfortable driving my car anymore, and so then, as we come to know Christ, we have all these things that we're still maybe sometimes we're still carrying them around, and you know it might be tempting to to put them back on again. So what Paul is saying here is, we, we need to take them off, so you know, maybe we we take off lust and we throw it away, but then somehow it ends up coming back again and so what paul is saying no you need to take it off so so we're going to take it off and you can't just hold on to it either you actually need to throw it down you're done with it that's part of the old way of life again and then what paul is saying but throw that down but then put on some of these characteristics of christ And so we're gonna put on some things that Christ modeled for us. We're gonna put on some things like love and kindness. We're gonna put on patience and goodness. What about holiness and purity? Faithfulness. And maybe, maybe there's some more things that you guys want to add to the chat, some of these characteristics of Christ that you've experienced in your own life. And so suddenly we're, we're following Christ, and these are the things that we're displaying in our life. So these are the things that we're putting on. And, you know, we're, we're living this way, and, and sometimes we may feel like we're looking at it over here, and we may go to pick it up again, because this is this is a daily thing. This is something that goes on over and over again. Paul says we need to keep on doing these things. So sometimes these things may become a temptation again, but we need to throw them down. That's part of our old life. And this is the life that we now live because we're followers of Christ. We live best in Christ's family when, we align, when our character is aligned with Christ. Now, I'm going to take this off because it's going to get warm up here. This is the lining of my winter jacket. So, uh, but I want to keep these characteristics on, these characteristics of Christ. And so this is, is something that should never become a ritual to, to, you know, oh, I have to do these things now. And because, you know, if I don't, then I'm going to feel guilty or I'm going to feel shame. No, it's things that we, uh, that we do because of a love that we have for Christ and because of what he's done in our lives. So it's like I, I can't help but do these things. I can't help but put on these characteristics of Christ because, he's what, what, because of what he's done in our lives. We've left the darkness behind, and now we're walking in the light. And so Paul goes on to give us some examples of some of these behaviors, and, um, and one of them that he talks about in verse 19 is lust, and he talks about these lustful pleasures, and when we think of lust, we think of uh, sexual desires that overtake our thoughts and cause us to uh, want to put into action some things that we might do outside of a marriage relationship. And in um, verse 19 says we see the words lust, impurity, no sense of shame, and these together actually point, it's more than just uh, what, what we just talked about. It's more than that. It's actually, we're feeling a void in our lives that has to be filled. And no matter, uh, we, we do whatever it takes sometimes to fill that void. But the thing is, is that, you know, as we, as we walk into the light and we walk closer to Jesus, then we don't have the same desire for those things anymore. And, um, and those voids, that void in our lives can be filled only with Christ. He is the one who can give us a permanent filling of of that emptiness in our lives. Um, And and for many people, this is a lifelong process. Um, I've talked to some people who are recovering alcoholics and and they've told me, you know Claudette, I'm only one drink away from being an alcoholic and being dependent on that again. You know what, I thank God, because those same people tell me, you know what, it's only because of the grace of God, and it's only because of him that I can persevere through this. And so we thank him, and and those are the things that we put on, and and we ask God for his help, because we know that we can't do some things in life without him. him. And so as we grow closer to Christ, we understand that he's able to help us to persevere through it. He fills up those empty places in only ways that he can do. The second one that I'd like to talk about is anger. And um, Ephesians 4, verse 26 says, And don't let sin, uh, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are angry. And uh, when I used to read this verse, I would, maybe some of you have pictured this as well. You picture this couple in bed. And they're sitting as far away on opposite sides of the bed as they can because they're angry with each other. But they think that they have to solve this anger problem before they go to bed because that's what the Bible says. And, um, and then I look at it again and it says, the first part of the verse says, don't sin by letting anger control you. So it's not about resolving this issue before going to bed. What Paul is saying that you have to deal with the anger. What ends up happening is you go to bed and you lie there and, and all you can think about is what that person did to you. And and you're there, and I can't believe she would do that. The nerve of that person to do that to me. And so it begins to build and it begins to fester and it begins to boil over sometimes until that anger ends up exploding and becoming something that you never intended it to be. And so that's, that's what Paul is saying here. Don't Don't get in bed when... Everything seems 10 times bigger than it was in the first place. Don't do those things and, uh, and let it fester and let it boil. But deal with it. Learn how to deal with it properly. And, and so um, what ends up happening? Uh, oh, it, it, there's an example of this in Genesis. Uh, you, we have Cain and Abel who are the sons of Adam and Eve, and they um, both gave an offering to God. And so uh, Abel's offering was one of sacrificial, he kind of gave everything that he had with all the tools that he had. But then um, Cain gave an offering and he barely thought about it, it's very frivolous and and not worth much. But he gave the offering anyways. So God accepted Abel's offering. And Cain got upset with Abel because of this. And so God says in Genesis 4, verses six and seven, why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Well, the next part of the story is that Cain didn't control that anger. In fact, he let it explode and fester to the point that he ended up murdering his brother. That's how bad it got. We must not let sin and anger or whatever else master us by refusing to do what's right. You know, what? it's right there. It's waiting for that opportunity to just kind of slip in there when we're least expecting it. And it takes over our words and our actions, and, and suddenly we're doing something that we never intended to do, all because of unresolved anger. Now, I'd like to point out that there's a difference in um, unresolved anger and and all this uh, festering and and spewing and, and boiling up to the point of you know you get up, like extremely upset and, and doing something that you didn't thought versus um, anger because of an injustice in the world you know sometimes there's something that we can be angry about, but it all depends on our attitude and how we react to the anger and that's the important part here we need to. Uh, react in a proper way, and do it in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Because we need to remember that we live best in life when our character aligns with Christ. And so as we keep reading in chapter 5, Paul talks a lot about the light versus the darkness. Ephesians 5, verses 8 and 9 It says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. As followers of Christ, we come into the light and we continue living in the light. And there's a couple of things that we notice. And the first one is the difference in our own lives. Uh, Before we became followers of Christ, we might not have even been aware that we were walking in darkness. Uh, But then as we come into the light of Christ and we learn what the the characteristics of Christ are, then all of a sudden we we don't really feel comfortable living in that darkness anymore because the darkness is exposed and we see things that we just don't feel comfortable anymore. But because we're followers of Christ, we're joined to him and we're in him. And so because he is the light, then we're also brought into the light. And as we live in the light, those things, as I just mentioned, we just don't feel comfortable anymore. You know, it's like going into a building that's abandoned and uh, there's no electricity. So you're walking in there and, like, you can barely see. And, you know, I think there's something there, so I better walk over here. But then we decide to get a flashlight. We turn the flashlight on. And, and as we shine it around, we see some, some things piled up over here. We see a lot of dust and dirt. And and then we see maybe some bugs and some mice droppings over there. It's good. And, and you kind of get to this point where I, I just want to get out of here. Like, this does not feel comfortable anymore. And so I think that that's what it's like. As we become closer to Christ and as we learn to put on the characteristics that he modeled for us, then suddenly, as we walk in those things in darkness, it doesn't feel comfortable anymore. We don't wanna do them, and so we, you know, we, we back away, and, and we put on those things like we just talked about a few minutes ago, those things like love and faithfulness and goodness and, and all those things that Christ modeled for us because our character needs to be aligned with Christ. We, that's the way we live best is when our character aligns with Christ. The second thing we might look at is the the action of others who are still walking in darkness. And oftentimes, um, as we're walking in the light, we see what other people are doing when they're still walking in darkness. And verse 11 tells us that we're not to take part in those things of evil and darkness, but we should expose them. Now, we need to be careful that in exposing those things, we're exposing the thing, and not judging the person. And we see this with Jesus. You know, he would often come to people and uh, people who nobody else would even consider talking to. And Jesus would go to them and and he would show them love. I think of, of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. So everybody hated him. You know, he was the one that was taking the money from everybody and likely not doing it in a totally good way. And, um, and then he would, so he came because he wanted to see Jesus. Jesus was teaching in Jericho. Zacchaeus was a short man, so he climbed a tree so he could see Jesus. After Jesus was finished teaching, he goes over to the tree, to the tree. He's like, Zacchaeus, why are you up in the tree? Come down, come down. I want to go to your house for dinner. You need to take me there. And everybody with Jesus is like, what do you mean, Jesus? Don't you know who this man is? Why in the world would you want to go to, to his house? He's, what they call a sinner. Like, we don't want to have anything to do with him. But you know what? That's who Jesus was. He comes and he steps into the mess. He steps into the brokenness. He doesn't care. He takes you just as you are. And he welcomes you into his family. And he wants to eat with you as friends and as, and as family. And so that's what Jesus did with Zacchaeus. And, and he's available to do that for you, too. It doesn't mean that you have to do good things and you have to Fix up your life before you decide to come to Christ. All you need to do is say, yes, I want to follow Christ. And he's right there. And, and all those things, th- those things that we, we took off, well, worry about that after. Those are the things that as we grow in our relationship with God and as we continually come before him day after day and we pray to him and, and we ask him to help us, those are the things that he helps us change. He helps us become more like him. And he just, he just wants to be with us and love us as we are. We need to follow that example of Christ. Expose the darkness. Don't offend or judge the people doing it. And what Jesus did, he offered a solution. He offered them light and a better way of life that's found in him. He accepted them as they are. And so let's follow that example of Jesus. Let's let the light of Jesus shine through us as well as we live in this world. I'd also like to point here that Paul is saying this to the community of Christ followers. Verses 12 and 13, he talks about shameful, evil things done in secret. He's also warning those who are part of the church who've allowed these things uh, from their life before Christ to kind of come back in there a little bit. So, you know, we talked about being in the the dark building and we shine the light and we see the darkness. and, and, And sometimes I think we maybe we pick up this, these bad things again, and, and we kind of bring them a little too closely. And, and, and then it talks, Paul talks about those secret things, you know, the things that you don't want other followers of Christ to know you're doing. And, and so we kind of we keep them close to us, and we, maybe we back up into the corner a little bit, into the darkness a little bit. Because we know that if we stay in the light, we're going to have to deal with them. But remember... This is not part of your life anymore. You've come to Jesus. He's given you all these things, uh, the better way of life that he's offering. He's rescued you. So these things, you don't have to hold on to them anymore. Again, throw them down and live in the light that God has for you. Verse 14 tells us, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it says, awake, O sleeper, Rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We're not to walk in that darkness, even if it's just a little bit. And, and this, uh, the, the awake, O oh sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. That was, they weren't sure where that came from, but thinking it may have been a part of a song at the time. And Paul is using that to say, wake up. Walking dead people, wake up, rise up. You don't have to live this way anymore. Stop just saying you're a follower of Jesus and act like it. Wake up. Put off that old nature. Put on the new nature that Christ has given you. Step back from the darkness and walk forward in the light and the forgiveness of Jesus. Because we live the best version of ourselves when our character is aligned with Christ. Today, as I've been talking, maybe you've sensed that you need to make a change in your life. And you realize that you're still walking in darkness, even if it's just a little bit. <laughs> Earlier, we said that this rescue that Jesus offers is not a reward for doing good things. And you know what? Sometimes gods of other religions, they tell, you, other religions tell us that you know in order to appease the gods, you have to do these good things in order to, for him to still love you. But no, God doesn't, there's no requirements. (laughs) You just come to Christ and you accept him because he chose us and we're saved by his grace. And God doesn't expect us to clean up all those things in our past before we come to him. To follow him means, A, we, we need to admit that we understand that God chose us and wants us to be part of his family. It's because of his grace that he makes it available to us. And it's not dependent on anything that we've done. And B, believe that Jesus made a way for this to be possible because of his death and resurrection. We can't pay for it. God has already paid it for us. He's paid it in full. And today he's making this offer of rescue available for you too. And so we have to take action. We have to C, commit. We have to accept this offer and decide that you wanna put off that old life and you wanna put on this new life that Christ is offering. You have to say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna say a prayer, and if this is something that you would like to pray, if you wanna follow Jesus today, why don't you pray it along with me? God, today I come to you. I thank you for providing a place for me and your family. I have been living in darkness for far too long, and today, I want to live in the light that you give. I want to put off those old things in my life that cause me to feel as if you are distant. And I want to put on these characteristics that draw me closer to you, those things that you modeled for us, that the way that we can live. And so, God, I want to follow you from this day forward. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, or if you decide that you want to follow Christ today, why don't you let us know? We, we wanna help you with some next steps that you can take in the spiritual journey. And you can do that by going to crosslands.live, click on follow Jesus, and we will get back to you. We'll share some things that you can do to, to uh, get connected with our church, or maybe there's another church you've been connected with and we can just help you to uh, get connected with some other people who are followers of Christ too. And we can all help each other on the spiritual journey. There's no text messages. So what do all of us do today? The challenge is for us to turn from the darkness and to walk as people of the light. To put off those old things in our life and to put on those new things, those things that Christ modeled for us. Become who you are. Become the person that God has created you to be. We're new people. We take off those old things. We put on the new. If you've decided to follow Jesus, then follow him. And yeah, you know what? There's going to be times where we're confused and some things in our culture, it almost seems normal and it almost seems like it's right. But if you're not sure, bring it before God. And the more you get to know God, you're going to hear, you're going to be used to listening to his voice. And he's going to show you when we don't need to take up any of those things anymore. And when it's about Abide and Grow Character, which are both part of our discipleship program here at Crosslands. And uh, if you've done Abide already and you haven't done Grow Character, I would encourage you to do that. Some of the things and and the ways we've been talking about today, some of those things are what we deal with in Grow Character and help us to become uh, growing in our character day by day. And so both of those courses are going to be offered in September. I'd encourage you, if you haven't taken them, to take them uh, because as even this morning, Mariah mentioned in the prayer that somebody talked about how God had freed them from something that they'd been dealing with for 10 years. And that's how amazing our God is. And sometimes we just need these tools that help us along the journey a little bit. And so one of the things that we learned in Grow Character was confession. And so sometimes we need to, actually quite often, we need to bring things before God. and we need to, sometimes we don't even think about them on our own, and we have to ask God and ask the Holy Spirit to remind us, what is it that I need to put off today? And so today, that's what we're going to do. So, say, Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to put off today? And as we listen, we listen, I'm pretty sure that he'll show us something if there's something there that we need to put off. And then we're going to confess that. We're going to say, God, I'm sorry for these things. Would you forgive me? But we're not going to stop there. We're going to say, God, what is what is there that I need to put on in place of that? And again, I'm sure God will show you those things that you need to put on. Maybe you need to put off anger. And God will show you in place of that, you need to you need to show love or kindness to people. And so as we ask the Holy Spirit to be with us, and as we continue to to draw closer to God and we continue to take this time with God, he shows us. It's not something that we We have to to figure out and conjure up on our own, but he's with us and he gives us the strength for this. So let's pray before we we go today. God, I wanna thank you for the reminder that you've brought us from darkness and you've brought us into the light. And God, we're so thankful that we are able to align our character with you, that we can put off those things that were a part of our sinful nature, our nature before you. And we can put on these things that make us, um, that draw us closer to the character that you've modeled for us. So God, continue to be with us. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for, for those who are watching today. And as they take the time to listen to you today, that you would speak to them and show them what things that they need to take off. And God, show them what things they need to put on in their lives. And God, sometimes... we we may be tempted to kind of put on those old things again. But God, I pray that you would remind us that we need to to put those off again and we need, need to live in the victory and the salvation that you've provided for us. And God, we're so thankful. God, we're so grateful for all that you've done in our lives. So grateful that we don't have to live this life alone, but we can have the power of your Holy Spirit helping us in all these things. So God, this week, help us to to continue to align ourselves with you. We love you, God. Amen. You've been listening to the Crosslands Church podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or the Google Play Store so that it comes straight to your device. And to find out more about Crosslands Church, you can visit us at crosslands.ca. Join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with God you've been missing.